This is Late Night Health. During the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to take a look at accidents that happened during the holidays and maybe even into the next year with the cold weather, with the aging of America, and the fact that um, I need information because, as everybody knows, I am the klutziest man in America today. We're going to go to Northern California. And we're going to speak with some elite orthopedic surgeons. They have a brand new company. I believe it's brand new, Silicon Valley Ortho. And you can find them at uh, SiliconValleyOrtho.com. We have Dr. Nick Gay and Dr. Masi Reynolds. Gentlemen, welcome to Late Night Help. Thank you for having me. Good evening. Uh, Good evening. And I'm really curious, is it true that we have more falls during the holiday season than any other time of year? Yeah, absolutely. I think with the, with the change in um, um, the weather, with the unsteady surfaces, and, and also, you know, sometimes around the holidays there's a little bit of, uh, uh, um, say, alcohol involved, and a little more inebriation, if you will. Aha, uh-huh, a little bit of that uh, adult beverage. What should somebody do if they fall? I mean, even if they think it's a a minor injury, should they go to ER? Certainly, if you're having difficulty putting weight on or having difficulty lifting your arm above your head, those are indications of a significant injury. If you've had any numbness or tingling in the feet or the hands, uh, we definitely want you to report to ER or at least an urgent care, uh, which is closest to you, and get a friend to drive you, if a friend or family to drive you, if at all possible. Why you guys, why you said that, I raised both hands over my head just to make sure I could still do it. What can people do to prevent the accidents? Obviously, don't imbibe as much alcohol as number one. But it's the holidays, and we tend to overeat chocolate, overeat in general, and possibly overdrink. You know, I think that uh, there's a lot that goes into uh, preventing falls, and, and specifically around the holidays. A lot of times, um, especially in the elderly population, you're going out to Christmas party, you're going to you know see your family. Uh, you know, there's a change in your environment, and unsteady services, unpredictable environments are a big reason why we falls over the holiday season. Um, and so, you know, a way to prevent them, it would be if you're having if you're having your mother and your father over for Christmas, is, is just kind of look at the surroundings and look at potential areas, um, carpets that, um, you know, that maybe um, have an edge that are lifted or, or maybe lighting, uh, having better visualization of uh, uh, the front door and the steps and, and different things like that, just being more aware of, of what the surrounding looks like when you do have family members over that potentially are at risk. I happened to watch uh, Christmas Vacation last night, and that movie is a perfect study of why people fall and injure themselves along the holidays. So think of that movie, too. A few years ago, a friend of mine's father, he must have been about 88, and he wanted to show his independence. So he got up on his own roof to clean out his gutters. Boom, right? 88 years old. Um, and we all, you know, you guys are young. When you're, you know, in 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 55 years, when you guys are 88 years old, you'll know what I'm talking about. 
you know, your kids are going to say to you, Dad, you shouldn't drive. And Dad, don't get up on a counter. Don't get up on a ladder. And please don't get up on your roof. Is that something that, I mean, that's got to be difficult for people to accept. It is. But you have to really remember that even just a fall from standing on ground, uh, whether it's ice or an uneven step or a rug, can break a hip. You can you can break your hip, shoulder, lower back, or wrist from a fall just from that, from standing height. So when we're talking about on a counter, that's half of your height, and then a ladder can be two to three times your height, if not more. So those can even be fatal injuries, and and really just don't feel like that's uh, that's worth it for a lot of folks. Just please ask for help, and especially if you're having difficulty walking or feel a little unstable, certainly do not get up on a a higher object. One of the things that you guys talk about is don't get on a medical ladder, a metal ladder, if you're going to do electrical work. But I guess people do that, especially with the cheap aluminum ladders that, you know, almost everybody has in their home, including me. My, uh, I had... Had a, a a smoke alarm just literally fall out of the 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 ceiling a few days ago, and I got up on the ladder and and replaced it. It wasn't a big deal, but I can't imagine somebody much older than I doing that. It it just doesn't seem to be common sense. Are a lot, which brings me to the point: Are a lot of the accidents at this time just simple lack of common sense? I don't think it's a lack of common sense. No, I think what it is is um, it's sometimes overconfidence. You know, I, I think that um, you know we, it, you know, there's there's of course that that willing or that wanting to maintain our independence and that confidence that we can do it and, and, and just the unknowing that, um, that you know, we aren't strong enough or we don't have the, the stability to hold ourselves or the core stability when we're standing and reaching up on the ladder. And so I don't think it's an intentional thing. I just, I, I just think, uh, honestly, we, we, we feel way more confident than we actually are in, in providing that sort of stability for ourselves when we're up on a ladder. I also think that orthopedic surgeons should never get on a ladder. <laughs> okay, so just... I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a reality. We just avoid a lot of risk uh, because we see what can happen, and, and it's not worth it for our, our livelihoods. But so, really want folks that are you know over sixty-five or having difficulty walking on level ground to think of it that way. You know, preserving your mobility. Uh, our guests are uh, from the uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, orthopedics uh, uh, that's siliconvalleyortho.com we have Dr. Nick Gay and Dr. Massey Runnels they are sharing their expertise uh, with us one of the things that comes to mind is that we see a lot of ads for osteoporosis but they're geared toward women and my understanding as somebody who just talks about health, who is, you know, I, I hit trigonometry or more app trigonometry hit me. So my, uh, my medical career went away. 
Are men also suffering more and more from osteoporosis? And should they be taking care because their bones are just as brittle as women's? Absolutely. Uh, that's a reality across the population, uh, across all races uh, and age groups, really over 60 years old. You should see your primary care doctor and request a DEXA scan, D-E-X-A, and that will evaluate whether you have weakening or less dense bones and are at risk for fracture. There are multiple medicines. Uh, many times just simply vitamins, vitamin D and calcium, can be very helpful. And, and the vitamin D will not only strengthen the bones, but also strengthen the muscles and improve your gait. Uh, so that's an important part of, of watching the whole process uh, personally. I'm very I would good. add to that. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I would add to that, too. I mean, in addition to just being aware, and, and like uh, Dr. Uh, Nick A was saying, is, is have that, um, have that, the objective findings, but also um, continue to live a more active lifestyle. And, and I think that we underestimate the importance of, of going out for walks uh, regularly, um, uh, involving yourself in some sort of a, you know, regular workout uh, regimen. And it doesn't have to be a lot of weight, but putting... Um, your body through some sort of uh, a stress in order for your bone to remodel and for you to continue to maintain healthy bone. Uh, based on the fact that you have years and years of education before you even start your practice, and you've both been in practice for a number of years, tell me your individual workout routine. Dr. Gay, you first. Oh, sure. Uh, so for me, uh, just 30 minutes of aerobic exercise every other day, and then uh, the occasional upper body uh, light weightlifting, uh, nothing, nothing heavier really than 30 or 40 pounds just to stay toned, and then you can mix, I mix in some uh, swimming uh, between 20 and 30 minutes a few times a week. And, and Dr. Reynolds? Yeah, I love the swimming. I wish I was better at that. It's, it's such a great, you know, resistance exercise that's uh, low impact, low stress across the joints. I think that's a wonderful workout that I myself need to incorporate a little bit more. Um, I like to get in, being in the, the Bay Area, we have access to the ocean. I like to get in and do, um, you know, some sort of exercise, whether it's once or twice a week outdoors, whether it be on a bike or, or surfing in the ocean. So that's a big part of my workout regimen. But also agree uh, with Dr. Gay that uh, combining a cardiovascular um, uh, workout with uh, weight training is, is very important. Um, so I shoot for, you know, three to four times a week, at least doing one or the other. Um, getting on a cycle, doing a stationary bike at home uh, is one of the things I do regularly. And then also same thing, light weights. Uh, I think strength and, and, and weights across the joints are very protective of our joints. And so I, I try to practice what I preach with regards to strength as well. So three or four times a week of, of any, any one of those three workouts. Well, that's good that, uh, you know, doctors used to say, do what I do, don't uh, do what I say, don't do what I do. And I'm also glad that you guys like supplementation with the vitamin D and calcium so that uh, uh, to avoid the big pharma, at least at first, you know, as a, as a, precursor, if you will, um, and preventative, uh, rather than getting into the the uh, the drugs that may or may not have side effects. Have you guys uh, raced uh, in swimming? Because I'd like to see that uh, to see who. <laughs> 
Uh, we have we have not, but I have a good feeling who would win that. Oh. <laughs> and it wouldn't be me. <laughs> but, uh, I could probably outswim Mossy, but he can outsurf me. Yeah, for sure. There you go. I've uh, I, I actually last year was up in the Bay Area doing some video work, and somebody, uh, one of our one of the people that we were there for, he and his dog jumped into the bay and swam. And there, I touched the water. There is no way that I'm going to get in there even during the summer, because that is just that's cold even. It doesn't get that hot most of the time in in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, and that water is still cold. And I don't know that that would make Mark happy. Wetsuit is required for sure. Yes, exactly. One of the things, and we talked about this just before we 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 started uh, our show, and that is a lot of times seniors break their hips. And it seems to be the beginning of the end. Uh, you gave me a very good explanation of that. Could you repeat that for our audience, please? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about it. You know, uh, a ground-level fall, um, which is, is typically the most common cause of, of, a, of a hip fracture, is a culmination of a lot of, of things that led up to that fall. Um, one of them we talked about uh, being the environment. Um, but also uh, the comorbidities that go along with that fall. The majority of the patients that sustain these hip fractures are elderly and have um, other comorbidities. And when I, just, when I say comorbidities, I mean um, diabetes, uh, hypertension, which is high blood pressure, hypercholesterolemia, um, you know, uh, what have you. And, and, and so what happens is when you break a fracture, there's a significant metabolic demand that goes into to recovering from that fracture, meaning your body putting in the, the effort and the energy to recover uh, from a surgery that is required. And, and, and in doing so, it really stresses the other comorbidities and everything else that's going on in these elderly patients. And so it's not necessarily the fracture it's, itself uh, that is difficult to deal with. It's, 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 it's managing and maintaining that, that homeostasis that your body lives in, that, that, that um, condition that you're in with all the other comorbidities. Your practice, the Silicon Valley uh, ortho, uh, orthopedics, is relatively new? Uh, yes, we've both been in practice uh, for uh, near 10 years, however, uh, the Silicon Valley Orthopedics was formed recently in order to really offer every service that someone needs for their bone and joints uh, under one roof. So x-ray, MRI, physical therapy, and an ambulatory surgery center all in one place. If you have massage therapy, I'll be up there this afternoon. <laughs> yes, we do. We can outsource you can outsource that one. Okay, good. Tell us your backgrounds, guys. Doctor Doctor Reynolds, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. I, um, you mean um, professionally, or, or you want to talk about your family because that's the most important thing. You can, and then also professionally. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from originally from the uh, Northwest uh, Pacific Northwest uh, Seattle area. Um, I, uh, I went down to, and did my undergraduate um, at Oregon State University and subsequently the Bay Area for medical school. Um, I did where I met my wife, um, who's also in medicine as a, a physical medicine and rehabilitation doctor. We spent a few years out in uh, Detroit where I did my residency, um, five years out at Henry Ford Health Systems, and then came back to the Bay Area because my wife is a Californian, and so we ended up coming back here and did my 
I uh, fellowship and then kind of uh, stuck around in the in the Bay Area. We got used to the weather, and I can't unfortunately can't go back to uh, Seattle, having been used to the California weather. But that Oregon um, Oregon has so many great berries. Anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the Willamette Valley is great. Uh, the Willamette Valley uh, Pinot is quite famous. I oh, believe. absolutely! So. I love it. And so, yeah, and so we, we started our family. We have uh, two children, four, uh, four years old and eight years old, and, and uh, really enjoying the Bay Area right now. That's great. And uh, just a, a word of advice, if I may, because uh, I love giving advice to doctors in particular. Hug your kids because at one point they're going to say, Dad, don't do that, especially in public. They always do. I don't know why. But I have two good kids. I love that and always open to uh, parenting advice anytime you can get it. Yeah, and kids are, are great. They uh, they grow up to be really, really interesting people. I, uh, I love my kids. They're the best production I have ever done, radio or TV. Uh, Dr. Gay, how about you? So I was uh, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. In my schooling down there was at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, and went on to University of Pennsylvania for orthopedic surgery training. And uh, I was, came out here to train with Roger Mann in uh, lower extremity reconstruction and just loved the Bay and met my wife here. And so I am a Bay Area lifer as well. And you don't sound like you come from Texas, y'all. I am a city boy. Yes, city boy. Okay, good. And you don't, under, and you don't like grits. <laughs> occasionally, yeah. <laughs> okay, occasionally. Guys, uh, in our remaining couple of moments, what sets your practice apart from others? Um, I think that definitely the versatility and, and the comprehensiveness of, of, our, um, of our practice. You know, what I love most about our practice is the ability for us to, um, you know, if I see a patient that I, that I feel maybe comfortable with, that quite, you know, that I don't think I can quite do as good of a job as Dr. Nick Gay, you know, the ability to just, you know, be able to, to um, guide them, you know, in a direction that, that, that is probably going to be the best for them overall. You know, our ability to, to get a patient in right away, to get MRIs, um, x-rays, MRIs right away, potentially getting them going in therapy the next day, and even having the ability to, to, to uh, provide a surgery center that's right next door and if they need a procedure, everything is, is kind of under one roof here. And, and uh, I'd say, number one, the comprehensiveness of what we offer. One-stop one shopping, so to speak. Right. Right. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a great holiday time. Any, any last-minute thoughts that you'd like to share about the holidays and falling? Uh, just involve your family. Uh, it's great to have the kids around to, you know, if you're over 65, have your kids help you take a look around the house to fall-proof things, move the rugs, any loose cords, and then always ask for help. Don't get up on the ladder or the counter. You know, have the kid, kids do that. Even when I was 22, I would call people to do that um, because I have 10 thumbs. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Our guests have been Dr. Nick Gay and Dr. Massey Reynolds. They've recently launched a cutting-edge practice, Silicon Valley Orthopedics. If you want information about these guys, go to SiliconValleyOrtho.com. Their pictures will be on our website at Late Night Health. Uh, you can find out more information about them at LateNightHealth.com as well as going to their uh, website directly and that's SiliconValleyOrtho.com. I'm Mark Allen. This is Late Night Health.